e-commerce landscape has transformed into a versatile and unique space, offering today's companies, large and small, an opportunity to increase sales and grow their business. This podcast offers an exciting opportunity for PriceBinder to unite and empower the e-commerce community at large by providing insights in a thoughtful and accessible way, all with the aim of providing immense value to brand manufacturers and retailers alike. I'm Anthony Cavazzoli, the host of the PriceBinder e-commerce connected podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Price Spider e-commerce connected podcast. And my guest is back. His name is David Howell. And we're going to be talking about counterfeit, gray market, and Asian marketplaces. David, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. I'm looking forward to diving into this topic. Awesome. And so just before we get started, I want all the listeners, if they haven't listened to the previous segments, uh, the way to find you for all things and all the goodness around David Howell is davidghowell.com. And all the resources, ways to contact David are all there. Uh, And David is an expert on brand protection and all the goodness goes around that. So David, I'll give you a chance maybe to kind of describe in short, uh, you know, how you put your best foot forward and we'll dig into the content. No, that's great, Anthony. Thank you. And thank you for everybody for listening today. I'm kind of looking forward to keeping this educational series going because as everybody knows, um, knowledge is power. And that's what uh, Anthony and I are trying to do is empower you with all the right information to be successful. So uh, that kind of goes back to where I come in. I'm pretty much a strategist when we really look at the e-commerce platform and how we look at it. There's so many different ways to approach and, uh, and, and tackle your e-commerce issues, your channel compliance issues, your counterfeit issues. But what it comes down to is putting the right foundation in place, actively monitoring research and enforcement. And, you know, after 350 fortune, uh, you know, 500 or, you know, so that I've worked with, there's been a lot of successes and a lot of failures there. But what I, what I've really learned in all that is even in a failure, you learn something that helps you drive you in a different direction for the next success. So as we're talking today and diving into these Asian marketplaces and some of that, a lot of what I'll be talking about is those experiences um, because, you know, you, you don't really, a lot of times people say you get smarter when you get older, but I don't think you get much smarter when you get older. I think you're wiser. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, wisdom comes with age and, and, and experiences. So, so thanks again for having me. Oh, of course. It's absolutely my pleasure. So today's topic, uh, are the kind of the three legs of the stool today are counterfeits, gray market products, and Asian marketplaces. And the three typically go, you know, hand in hand in hand. But so maybe to start, David, is how would our listeners, the brands and all those good people out there in podcast land, how would they know they have a problem with any of these particular topics, counterfeit gray market or the Asian marketplaces? So that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. When, when, you know, I always say that if you've got a good product, you got a good service, um, somebody's going to try to to take advantage of that in bad faith. So, you know, and Anthony, you and I worked together a long, long time ago, but I used to say this on a lot of calls, you know, um, every client I've ever talked to has had a problem. Some are more, some are less, but how do you know you have a problem? Um, a lot of times you, you know, take that few moments and look at social media and see what people are talking about your products. Look at some reviews on marketplaces, maybe that you're selling on. And then do some cursory searches on your own. I mean, it, you know, the majority of clients that I work with um, do not allow any of these Asia marketplaces as an authorized channel. Yet, if you type in their search term or their brand term and, and you do a search, all of a sudden you get all these products. Um, and we'll dive in whether they're counterfeit or whatever. But 
sometimes it's just taking five minutes and searching three different areas, social Mm -hmm. media, um, uh, reviews, and then looking at some of these Asia marketplaces. And that will tell you if you have a problem right there. And I'm, you know, I'm sure Anthony, you can dive in and say, what are we looking at in reviews and things like that? But I'll let you guide that conversation. No, I appreciate that, buddy. So what are one of the two main uh, Asian marketplace sites that uh, folks can go to to see if they have a problem? I think that's probably a great place to start because I do it a lot looking for brands that I work with to make sure that they're protected or understand if that bad tidal wave is coming. And it uh, those are usually good indicators. So what one or two sites could they start looking at? The, the, the largest one that's out there is actually the Alibaba group of companies. Now, um, there's multiple sites underneath that. So you have Alibaba, AliExpress, and Taibao. Now, Alibaba is going to be that more um, business to business. I'm going to buy a container of a product and have it shipped, if, you know, 55-gallon drum of something. But AliExpress is the one that is the business to consumer. That's where people can go and type in and type in. I'll pick on a couple brands really quickly, but, you know, type in Apple or type in um, Bose and you see what what the results come back. And that's on AliExpress. So the second one would be Taibao. And um, it's T-A-O-B-A-O, I believe. I'm, I might have butchered that a little bit. So um, bear with me. But it's a it's in Mandarin Chinese. Um, and even though you go to that site and all the currency and all that different stuff is, is in their, their, their language, they're still searching on the search term. So if you type in Bose on a Taibao, you're going to get those search results and you're going to see, you're instantly going to see pictures and images. Those two will, will probably be the largest. And, and let me back up just one second. When we talk about that. You know, we, a lot of our podcasts and educational series, we talk about Amazon and how large and how quick Amazon's growing, capturing more and more market share. But everybody needs to know that in North America, that's, that's very much the case. When you go global, I believe, I'd have to take a look at the statistics today, but Alibaba group of companies is either two or three times the size of Amazon globally. Yeah. And they own the 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 sale the shipping and the merchant services so they're really much a conglomerate and you can't not look at them if you are a global company and globally offering products you have to show that attention to it yeah it's it's amazing the the the, how big the alibaba family of companies is and how large their footprint is compared to amazon it's it's frightening actually when you take a look at the power that they have to be disruptive to your brand it's crazy now, and that let me just point out that I'm not saying that they're always disruptive, but they have the, the ability to be disruptive if you don't do the right things to get in front of this. Correct. Correct. And, and one of the things that, you know, unfortunately, you know, today margins are shrinking on products and a lot of these brick and mortars and, and, and I'll just call it bad faith. A lot of these brick and mortars, you know, that are small town USA, um, you know, they'll have a bicycle shop. They'll go on these AliExpresses and they'll buy 10 sets of of wheels or, you know, something of that nature, and they'll be counterfeit. And the margins are so high, you know, a $2,000 set of carbon fiber um, racing wheels are on Alibaba Express for a hundred bucks, and they're going to put it in the brick and mortar store and sell it as legitimate. That's that leakage issue. And, and that's that consumer where you want to, you know, kind of make them aware of it. So you're, you're, you're right. It, it becomes disruptive, but there's four or five primary areas that could be disruptive. Yeah. uh, So, the one thing I want to point out is the deal with these problems. And I'm going to steal right from, from Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins. And he says, deal with these problems when they're a cub and not a full grown tiger. Uh, if you can get in front of it then. So you'll talk to brands and they'll say, well, we don't have a problem. It doesn't matter. We don't care. 
Uh, but it becomes problematic very quickly. It does, as you say, that leakage issue starts getting it into the supply chain here in the U.S. And all of a sudden, you're dealing with a massive problem and sales are being detracted from your authorized network into this unauthorized network. Uh, or you have problems where counterfeit or gray market products are finding their way into your authorized network programs. So once they look at Alibaba, um, or AliExpress is really the the business to consumer component. So if you want to buy one bottle or one glove, I'm just making that up, you would go to AliExpress. If you want to buy a container full of those, you go to Alibaba. So those are kind of the two main sites along with Taobao that David talked about. So we understand that that's where you look to see if you have a problem. But a couple of things about how to look. Look at your product name. Look at the brand name. Look at deviations um, of that. So typos or things of that nature. So they'll purposely misspell brand or product names to avoid being detected. So you have to kind of be creative about how you look for your products uh, or your brand. And you also have to look at key moving parts or key categories, if you will, of so use large keywords and start refining that keyword search. And you'll be surprised at how much you find and how quickly uh, you, your brand is being exploited, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. Good. So now we have that compo component controlled. Now, what do people do about it? If they, What are things that they could do to kind of fix this or get in front of this, aside from calling you, sir, which we all hope that they do, of course. But in advance of that, what are some things that these brands or listeners can do? You, you know, that's good. And I'm going to touch on this very, very briefly because it, it's a whole series in itself, but create the right foundation. Um, if you know you're selling products globally, uh, make sure you register those trademarks in those countries because within those marketplaces, you can enforce them. Alibaba does have the AliProtect group, um, but you need to have a you know registered trademark in these areas. Not overly expensive to do so, but it's a good foundation um, to, to build. You also want to make sure you have your right agreements and policies in place. So what are your resale agreements? What are your territories? How are you monitoring that? Um, which leads into once you have that good foundation, um, you, you know, to really just monitor it. There's a lot of good services out there that you can use for monitoring it. Um, whether you, you, you know, you, you just want to monitor it yourself by, by, you know, picking and poking by searching it yourself or engaging with a technology provider to do so. Um, I think that that's one of the way to get, to get ahead of it, um, is to do those, uh, those types of activities. And then once you find one instance, you, you, you don't brush it off your shoulders. Don't go, oh, there was only two counterfeits out there. Because I'm telling you right now, if there's two counterfeits out there and these sell a few products, tomorrow you'll have 20. If those 20 make money, the next day you'll have 40. It becomes exponential and then it leaks onto the U.S. marketplaces. Um, and then you have commingling issues with Amazon. And then, as I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, then it gets leaking into the brick and mortar. And, and ultimately, Anthony... Um, what it comes down to is consumer confidence, right? Where, you know, four or five negative reviews, as we talked about earlier, um, come up as counterfeit, your consumer confidence starts going down and people start, you know, echoing that. I mean, you and I've seen that on social media where, you know, people could be in love with the new iPhone, um, but one negative review to 500 positive reviews has more of an impact. Yeah. So you want to just get ahead of it. That's true. So the, Folks can look at the Ali family. So let's say uh, Alibaba or AliExpress. They can identify if there are some problems out there, how to search. We talked about that. Uh, we talked about some things that they could do kind of as a baseline uh, to start getting in front of these things. It does require some expertise. So uh, at that point, once you identify that there is a problem, and there usually is for brands that matter, and, uh, if, uh, and every brand matters, so you got to just decide for yourself. 
if you want to do anything about it, um, call David Howell. Now, let's talk about what, how could they look in the U.S. marketplace to find some of these things. So if I could begin, uh, I if you just type in a brand, I've done this for many brands that I work with on Google Shopping, and there were actually promoted, paid-for advertising return instances that are directly promoting the counterfeit product in comparison to the real brand, which I was blown away. I show the brand, and they're doing something about it, which is great. So it's easier to find than you think even here on the U.S. marketplace. Yeah, it, it is easy. And and they don't, you know, they don't overly hide. So a lot of times, whether you want to say that that's just a counterfeit or that's like a likeness, right? You've nice seen where they take right. stickers off for that and they aggressively combat against um, um, the, the authorized product. And that's where you and I talked a little bit prior to this podcast talking about, you know, a design patent to protect that. Yeah, that's true. So we you, you could look at Google Shopping. And so let's talk about the co-mingling challenges that, and we'll just, I don't want to say pick on Amazon, but the largest footprint here from an e-commerce perspective largely is Amazon or Walmart. I guess we could throw Walmart in there now they're making strides. Um, but how do people know they have a problem looking at Amazon? What are some of the indicators? You, you know, um, a lot of people, and, and this would be a good education point. I'm going to try to summarize this in 30 seconds. But a lot of people don't understand that when you go to Amazon and you, you, you type in your product, that buy box or that, that, that first sale that pops up, um, you know, that's what most people click on. It's usually a prime. It's usually a pretty competitive price. Um, and it's, an, it's, a, it's a larger seller. But what people don't lose is if you go look at the far right or you scroll down a little bit, it'll say also offered by, you know, 23 other sellers. Right. And then you start seeing that price deviation. But take a look at the reviews, um, uh, what people are saying on that. I mean, that's 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 what's going to be critical is when you're looking at these marketplaces and you just see um, 23 sellers when you know you don't have that many authorized and you have, you know, a handful of negative reviews saying package was this. Um, didn't come with warranty card. Um, you know, I plugged it in and it was broken. I mean, that's going to be an indicator whether the educated market can say these are counterfeit or not. It, it, it's a good indicator that there's a problem. That's true. So let, let me point out a couple things. I think that uh, if you think that it, just because you can find your product as a brand on, say, Ali uh, Express, which is the kind of the business to consumer site. Uh, and you're like, who's going to buy a whole container of my products and ship it overseas and, you know, infiltrate the U.S. market? There are actually people that make a living doing that and then sell in smaller batches or in smaller purchase amounts to uh, to the marketplace. So it's not that they're buying a whole cargo ship full of your products, but what they'll do is they'll buy a portion of that so that they can, you know, they'll buy what they can afford and then sell it at a tight margin. Uh, or a, a huge margin, actually, because they're not paying you through the proper channels. So just because you don't feel like there's a huge footprint or a problem kind of up front, there there sometimes is. And it's kind of that a glacier or rather uh, an iceberg. You, you can only see so much of it above the surface. You have to look below the surface to see how big the problem actually is. Uh, and the other piece is a lot of times they'll test the markets to see if they can move these products quickly. So if the product or the brand has a main core product, they'll try to counterfeit or gray market or force shift, uh, which just means that the same manufacturing plant that's making your products legitimately adds a shift to make more than what is ordered from you as the brand to push into the marketplace as gray market, force shift. 
So what they'll do is they'll make supporting products around your core product. So a lid or shoelaces or something like that instead of the shoe. Uh, so those are also some indicators that you can start to see. Are you starting to lose sales in smaller attribute products? No, it, 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 that's very true. I, I want to go back to one of your points earlier. I know we're rounding up to the top of the hour here. Don't don't always think. And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about you know Beats headphones real quick. Don't think by typing in Monster Beats you're gonna find those counterfeiters because they're hiding it. Studio headphones. What are they? You know, you have uh, 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 soft flip flops or noise canceling headphones. Even though noise canceling is a Bose trademark. They're going to enforce on Bose. So you got to be a little descriptive and they are hiding and they are finding it. So um, I know we're rounding up the top of the hour. I want to talk a little bit about that commingling, but I think you might want to set that to another podcast talking about that. Or would you like to dive into that briefly here? Well, let's talk about it briefly here because we do have some future segments that we'll be focusing on that particular topic. Um, so talk about commingling and then I'd like to wrap with the whitelisting concept, if we may. Okay, perfect. So commingling is a term where we all know Amazon has a, a, you know, a very streamlined shipping and fulfillment center um, across the whole uh, country, uh, if you will. So the way they do that is a lot of times if I buy a lot of products, I can send them to Amazon and they'll go to a fulfillment center and they'll be commingled with everybody else's product. Um, so what that basically means is if you know you got three authorized sellers and they're all selling the same pair of headphones, they all get put in a bin, and then when a sale happens, it goes, and the sale that sale will be attributed to that third party or that seller. When you're commingling product, if there is counterfeit that leaks into that and gets dumped in that commingled product, that could jeopardize that entire um, batch. Um, so commingling is very popular because it's it's a low cost way to get Amazon Prime, which helps you with that buy box. Um, but Amazon will allow you to not commingle. And I'm seeing more and more brands where they're like, we do not want to commingle our product. Um, but you pay a little bit of a premium right. for that because it's like just like retail. You're paying for shelf space and you're paying for that. Um, so I would I would make the the, the decision or I mean the recommendation for clients to not commingle. So um, that's where the commingling comes in. It's important. More and more third party sellers are doing that because it allows you to have prime now, which is the shipping, which allows you to, uh, you know, get at least compete for the buy box and have that sale because, you know, let's just be human nature here in the United States. You know, we don't want to wait more than two days for anything. That's right. Uh, and <laughs> so I, I do want to end on a positive note. There, There is light at the end of the tunnel. So if you look and find that your brand or your products are all over these marketplaces, don't think that it's uh, an unwinnable battle or war. You can win. And there's things that you can do or end up at. Your goal is to be whitelisted. Uh, and certain brands have done a, a, an incredible job of this. And I don't want to go through that whole list, but Whitelisting is a way to go. So you can get your brand and product uh, whitelisted so that people can't use those terms to search. They're still going to use general keywords, uh, if you will, even more refined keywords. But the point is you want to protect your brand and make it more difficult for people to find and buy to flood the market. So real quick, David, could you just give us a, a thumbnail of what that whitelisting process is like? And then uh, you mentioned it earlier, but maybe rehash a little bit about what the AliExpress whitelisting or brand protection component is about. Yeah. So, so under AliProtect is the first thing and you need to have your trademark. Um, you need to submit all the proper documentation. Um, you know, there there's, it's a process. Um, please don't think that, you know, by hearing this podcast, uh, you know, you're going to call David Anthony, get a conference call and 15 days later, you're whitelisted. You know, it's a process. It, it, it could take six months of your diligence to go through there. 
Um, so you, you, you sign up with the Ollie Protect program. You submit your trademarks, your filing. You have to send over your passport, your IDs, so they know you're an agent, um, that you're, you can act on behalf of the brand, show that there is a problem, there have been a counterfeit problem. You've done product buys. You've documented all of this. And you submitted, you know, a, a lot of times I think it helps when you submit um, uh, customs and enforcement training manuals, which is in the United States. And um, reach out to me if you want more information on that. But it's it's a process to to further document your counterfeit problem. And then when you submit that um, over time, I would say, you know, best case scenario, three months, you know, on average, probably six months, you can get those terms where they're whitelisted. And Amazon has dabbled with that a little bit as well called brand gating. Um, it's a little bit different, um, a little bit more convoluted. But these marketplaces are trying to help the brands at some level to eliminate those search um, and those listings of the counterfeit. Awesome. Well, th- we, we're right at 20 minutes here. Uh, so we're a little over uh, the projected or the targeted 15 minutes, but we always go a little over, but I'm hoping it's because the content is just awesome. Uh, at least that's what, we're, <laughs> that's what we're shooting for. So David, it is always a pleasure to have you on. I look forward to many more segments in the future. It's great, Anthony. Thank you. I love uh, love uh, entertaining this year. Great uh, moderator. Thanks, buddy. And just to wrap things up, this is the Price Spider E-Commerce Connected Podcast. My guest is Mr. David Howell. You can find him at davidghowell.com. And that's David G. H-O-W-E-L-L.com. And you can find me at pricespider.com. Peace.